Welcome to the Falling Head Over Heels in Fantasy Podcast, the number one AFL Draft Stars podcast, because as far as I know, we're the only one. I'm Todd, and I'm ready to dive into another week of slates after a huge first round that saw me win jack squat. But I didn't lose much, and that's a win for me on many levels. I'm joined by Jake, and we're going to do a deep dive into Thursday night's massive Geelong-Carlton matchup, where we have a 100k slate up for grabs. Husey, Swinney and Winra will be taking care of Saturday's slate in a podcast dropping Friday. One not to be missed, as it's the first multi-game slate covered by the FHOH boys. But let's get into it. So Jake, footy's back, and more importantly, AFL Draft Stars is back. How'd you fare, mate? Oh, not too bad, Toddy, but, uh, you know, I think I came out about, I came out on top. That's all that matters at the end of the day, really, isn't it? Absolutely, mate. I can't really say much more than that. I think my best finish for the weekend was about 333, and that was in the first game of the weekend, and I was actually faring pretty well there. I had a good mix of teams going, but those uh, single-game slates are pretty hard to win, particularly when there's 9,000 or nearly 10,000 entries in one game. It's um, There's only... So many combinations that are going to get you there in that sort of big money. So I was actually pretty happy with that, but it seemed to go from bad to worse for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I feel you there, mate. The, uh, yeah, I definitely had a better Saturday than I did a Sunday, I'll tell you that for free. Um, but yeah, my best finish for the week would be uh, I got up to 19th in the uh, Melbourne Dogs slate, which was a nice little uh, booster. That's not a bad effort. It's um, better than anyone else did, I think. I can't remember if... Did we have anyone over the weekend that finished top 10? I reckon we had a couple of close ones, but I don't think anyone will get got there. Well, the boys will surely tell us tell everyone tomorrow night. So. Yeah, I'm sure Winger will make something up and act like he got into some big money after playing a million teams. But Yeah, we as predicted with Winger, we all had to hear about uh, Ollie Hollands costing him a lot of money. Yeah, so. well, we were pretty big on Ollie Hollands, weren't we, in it? Um, Somewhat yeah, backfired. I think I'll. Didn't. I think I'll definitely be going back there this week, though. He's um. He looks sort of comfortable at the level, and I was happy to see that they didn't make any rash decisions and drop him for tomorrow night's game because I think he's got all the tools. Oh, definitely, mate. Like he's a. He's just a class player. You see how much he runs. He just couldn't quite get in the end of it enough. You know, he just could have been those first game nerves. Nerves could have been anything, but. Like you said, the quality's there. They need a player of his ilk, you know. Lockie O'Brien's never really lived up to the uh, hype that he had as a junior, so I think they're going to give him time, or I hope they do anyway. Yeah, for sure. And that's probably a uh, good segue into having a look at last week and just sort of how we fared. So, yeah, as I mentioned from the outset, my best team of the night was a 393 finish. It was around 90 points short of winning the slate. Um, certainly there was some interesting picks in that winning team, particularly one I remember talking about briefly, uh, Maurice Rioli was one of the forwards that got through with the 57. And that just shows when you pick those value players, you don't need them to score massive. You just need them to break that value and, um, provide something because having him in contrast to someone like, uh, I suppose, a Charlie Kerno who only scored, I think, 50. You're obviously, yeah. yeah, 
you're always going to be better off. So I was... The, uh, po- the points per price there is just, it's worth it. And then another one in that team, we're just having a look here. It was Hilly J7. So congratulations to him. He's um, been a pretty regular guy at the top over the years. I've seen his name up there a fair bit. I'm not sure how many teams he enters, but I'm sure it's a few. But all credit to him. He um, he went with the Nank and that sort of, I wouldn't say backfired on us. We were talking about this before, Jake, but the... Um, I think De Koning probably did enough. It was just Nank obviously scored that 116, which is hard to argue with. That's it. Like, Tom De Koning, for his price point, performed perfectly, you know, like he did what you needed him to do. So, as we do with the rule of eight, that's what how we get that. And um, But Nank, you know, you, it, he just bodied him really, didn't he? He was just too big and too strong. So it just uh, it did prove a game winner where it was worth the extra. I think it was what two point four k. Yeah, it was. I think it, yeah, it was around the sort of three k mark. And when a guy sort of tops out like that at his ceiling, like Nank did, which we did flag. Winru was pretty hot on it. He said yeah. um, Nank could obviously monster him, which ended up being the case. But also the other interesting thing out of that team, and I had a couple of teams with a similar strategy. The uh, Carlton key defenders or tall backs that sort of were at that lower range of prices. Um, Healy yeah. obviously had Weedering and McGovern. I know I had a team with Weedering at young, young that was doing quite well there for a bit. I think I got done in by Cowan getting subbed out. Um, that hurt a lot of us there. Yeah. But like I said last week, Todd, it's it's always the 8K guy who comes out of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. It, don't, no, it happened in a few games, I think. Frio oh, in definitely. the multi-game slate on Sunday. Frio obviously had Brennan Cox who took 20 marks. And I think, think Winra had him in a team, but it's hard to oh, predict. Of course he did. And when you're only playing a few teams, to fit him in one, you've got to obviously um, <clears throat> take the gamble there and Winry did to his credit, and I think that team for him finished pretty high in the end. Um, yeah. The other guys, obviously, Taranto, I, I made the call on that, that if you didn't have him in pretty much every team, you're kidding yourself. That proved to be correct. 123 yeah. there. He's a top scorer of the night. I haven't checked his score for this week, but uh, price for this week, but I assume it's going to uh, be up there. And then Bolton and Hewitt was looking really good like early in that game, I'm surprised he only scored 99 because I thought he was going to go for a lot more than that. But looking at the teams for tomorrow night, obviously he must have been carrying a bit of an injury late in that game potentially because he's been ruled out now. But um, yeah, anything yeah. else you see there that piqued your interest? Uh, no, nothing that you haven't really spoke on. The only thing was I really thought Cripper was a sure lock in that and he just didn't quite get there. He just, yeah, the other boys sort of stepped up around him, but I was just, I was hoping for a bit more from the uh, skipper. Just proves though, because if you look there, Hilly did have Crips. He had him, I know. Yeah. I was just looking at that. And obviously but, like, at that 15K, it just proves that if you get the mix right of the other guys, they can cover that price point. Um, obviously the Rioli that we mentioned, Weedering and McGovern obviously smashed their price points. Taranto... And then yeah. I think even he, Bolton probably cleared his, so that's... He, he hit his exactly at 89. Yeah, right. And Rewald, so, I think, probably would have cleared his. He was priced at about 9K. Yeah, I think he was about... Yeah, so he would have been at, what, 60-something? Uh, a bit more than 67, that. 67, I yeah, think. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he's 
He's obviously done pretty well there, Hilly, so congratulations to him. But let's move on into, obviously, a few new segments on the podcast that we're introducing this week, uh, inspired by Winra's rant and tirade on his ex-girlfriends last week. We've uh, come up with a few segments that will roll out throughout the year. So the first one is Falling Hard, and this is the guy... Or the girl, if you want to use the uh, analogy that Winner is using, that you you're happy to bring home to your parents this week. I reckon you'd be um, you'd be sticking with him. You'd be uh, you'd be pretty happy to roll the dice again on this guy. So for me this week, I can't go past this guy, and this is bias. And you guys were giving me a lot of flack last week for the ruse, but we got the job done. And Harry Sheasel at six k. Or I think he was a little bit more than that in the end because of uh, where he was drafted. He was probably around the seven mark. But 118 fantasy, Jake. He was doing what he wanted back there. Oh, he looks special, mate. I've got to say it. Uh, it pains me to say that uh, you, you guys look like you've got an absolute superstar on your hands there. Yeah, for sure. Who do you have for that one, Jake? Who Who's the girl you're bringing home to your parents this week? Well, the one I've decided who deserves a chance to meet the uh, the old boy is uh, Hayden Young. He looked so, so special, you know? Like, he was just finding it at will, those plus sixes and that chippy, chippy game style that they've been playing will absolutely go into that. But the best thing about him is Frio want the ball in his hands. Like, they love it in his hands. He's an elite by-foot disposal. He's got elite decision-making. And I, they, I can just see them feeding it to him non-stop for the foreseeable future. So I reckon he can come back and meet old Bredo. I think that's um, just sort of, I know a lot of people that play fantasy classic were considering picking him as sort of a point of difference this year. And last year he sort of came into that role really well alongside Luke Ryan. Um, We mentioned Brennan Cox a little bit earlier, but Hayden Young's the one that I think can do it consistently. um, Yeah, he's certainly, I think this week at Optus, He's only going to get more of that if they play that style. I don't know how many, how many games of footy that's going to win for Frio playing like that. Um, Saints, so... Uh, yeah, with the modern game style, they it's all just get it forward at any cost. So, I mean, I'll take it. It's fantasy-friendly. It's what we want. I was, about to say, I was about to say, we don't care about that here at uh, Falling Head Over Heels in Fantasy. Chip it around all you want, Frio, because there is nothing better than a plus six late in a game or in their case, throughout the whole game. So, um, yeah, anyway, moving on to the next segment. So, this one's the one you blacklist. This is the equivalent of the girl you delete on Instagram, block on Facebook, and absolutely delete her phone number because we ain't going back. And for me, this could backfire. This could end up becoming an ex-girlfriend that uh, you want back in your life. But I'm going with Nat Fife. I just can't see it anymore. He's never going to fit into that forward role. The only way I'd ever consider him again is if they start putting him back in the midfield. The reason I am sceptical about it a little bit is because they're playing north this week and we've been notorious for giving up points to forwards in the past and particularly good players like him. He might get a hold of one of our defenders if he does stay in that role. And if he goes into the midfield, he might get a hold of us in there as well. But certainly, I will not be going back. I 
got absolutely burnt by that on Sunday. I played way too much of Nat Fife. I think he scored 28 in the end, which is just deplorable. Great player of the game, Brownlow medalist. I'm not going to sit here and shit on him too much, but that was an absolute disgrace. Yeah, He's, uh, he's not quite looking like the Brownlow medalist Fifey at the moment. You know the talent's there, but it's just, he's just, yeah, he's looking a little bit rusty. We'll, hopefully he comes back to it, but uh, we'll It see. just frustrates me because I saw an um, interview, not an interview, he was talking to the players when he was stepping down from captaincy and he, oh, was, he gave the whole spill about, oh, you know, it's the right time to step down from captaincy. I think it's the best thing for me and this footy club. I can start concentrating on what I can do to win a flag. Well, I'll tell you straight up, Nat Fife, you play like that again, you're not winning anything. So um, <laughs> I want to see I want to see something better than that if you're ever going to get back into one of my draft stars team. I'll tell you that much. Nah, Toddy, I've got to agree with you there, mate. But um, yeah, I've... Uh... I've got someone who's sort of similar, and it's the same sort of thing as what you were saying, based around, like, the role. And his name is Lloyd Meek. I went way too hard on this guy, and it uh, it burnt me bad. And, like, I should have seen it. There was the dual ruck set up in pre-season. I didn't pay attention to it. I went, nut. Nah, I'm going to load up on him. It allows me to get so much stronger in other areas. So he crushed me out of 49, and... Ruin my day. So the only way that's going to change is if Reeves gets injured, or which we don't want to happen. But until that point in time, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, Lloyd, but uh, you're gone, mate. I've got to be honest with you here, Jake. I didn't play one of Lloyd Meek, and I don't think I ever have hardly. Maybe when he was sort of in that ruck role, I considered him a bit, but I just don't see it with him. I just I don't know yeah. what... They can sort his price. Yeah, I understand that. I just, th- I just thought with the Essendon, I just, I don't know. I just thought he might get a, get a hold of that Essendon defence and then get some time in the, the ruck. Problem with Hawthorne is they're just so Terrible. bad that he's I, not even. I didn't expect chances. Essendon. I didn't expect Essendon to dominate them that much. If I'm honest, yeah, I, I thought the midfield. You know, I, I didn't see that midfield getting blasted like it did. You know, that's probably a fair call as well. I don't think anyone really saw that coming, but. I guess when that yeah. does happen, a bloke like Lloyd Meek is the first one to, yeah, sort of be the sacrificial lamb, I suppose. He's never... Yeah, the whipping boy. I feel like he's probably a front runner in a bit of a way because he's still young. He He's played oh, some decent like it, games, but I feel like he's only probably going to play well when they play well. Oh, that's it. I, I, exactly. And, like, I can't see that happening for a while. Like, So I'm just going to have to let it go, like I said, until... There's a positive change in his role in some way, so we'll move on from him. Yep, for sure. And uh, the last segment, and this is truly inspired by our uh, good mate, Winra. After what I said earlier, his rant last week was a classic, a bit of a favourite with fans. I was um, wondering where he was going with it and was getting a bit concerned, but he kept it all pretty above board with that. Didn't go... Too There's far. Always that worry. Oh, you know, There's... you know how he can get. It's always oh. a bit of a concern. I'm actually a bit worried about the uh, podcast coming out on Friday. Um, I hope Elliot's yeah. hot on the keys there to uh, reel him into line. But um, yeah, this segment: Who's your ex-girlfriend? Who's that one that you want to let go, but you've got to give her one more chance? And for me, this week, it's Lockie Neal. I 
Brisbane as a whole on the weekend were just a disgrace. And I think it was hopefully an outlier. They've obviously got a very tough matchup again against Melbourne, but we saw how some of those Bulldogs mid-scored, they still did pretty well. So I'm cert- There was a few hundreds in there. Yeah, I'm certainly... Um, I think Neil had about an 80 or a 77 or something. And I, the reason I ended up picking him for this was... I watched Fox Footy last night, and he actually listed it as one of the five worst games in his career, and that's including when he just started out. So I thought that was a pretty big call, and he was sort of pretty adamant from a personal perspective that he was going to bounce back. And I think the Lions as a whole, whether they win or not, Melbourne are obviously looking pretty strong again, but I think they're going to all bounce back, so... It's him for me. I think he's priced at 13k, which is just ridiculous for a bloke. That's ludicrous. Yeah, so he'll I'll be um, I'd imagine a lot of people would be cramming him in. You'd be silly to jump off, but like Deck mentioned That's with it. the ex-girlfriend method, there'll be some people out there that are skeptical about going back, but I'm going to go back this week. People worried about getting burnt. Like Deck says you got to fall in love with that data and that data says Lockie Neal won't be kept down for long. That's it. So who's Who's the one you're going back to this week, Jake? Oh, look, I I stacked the life out of him in my uh, in the single game slate that he was involved in. I really thought he could have done well, significantly more than what he did. So my guy is Cam Guthrie. We all know his pedigree. We know how good he can get. You know, he loves spreading and getting that outside footy. He can get it inside. He can kick a goal. He loves a, he loves a cuddle, you know. I'm just, I, I, I think it was just the same sort of thing as Lockie Neal, the same sort of thing as Rory Laird. It was just a genuine, just a shit game, you know? Dirty and yeah. I, I, every, everyone has them. Not one player in this competition is going to play, what is it, 23, 23 games of perfect footy. You're going to have a stinker every now and then. I reckon Cam got his out the way early. You know, he's setting up for a big season. Geelong reigning premiers. They won't be happy about that that loss, so I think he's, he's going to come back with a bit of venom and really set the record straight and hopefully get us a nice, juicy score. And priced at that uh, 12.6K tomorrow night, so that's pretty juicy. That's it. 54 that's last nice. week. That's just... That is, Abysmal. That's not Cam Guthrie, though. And the CBAs were there. I remember having a look at this. That's I think it. He, I think he had 18 of them. Yeah, he was up around that 70% mark, which is all you need for a bloke who's a predominant That's midfielder. It. It's not like his role's changed at all. He just had a dirty day. And I've actually uh, got like, I've actually got a theory here. I'm not yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about the haircut. Uh, you know what? It, it bothered me a lot. I he wasn't, needs I to just, grow it, those It didn't sit back. right with me. Like, it, it looks so glorious flowing in the breeze when he's streaming down the wing. You know, you know exactly who you're looking it at. It looks like he's so that camp. guy who's just walked in off the street all he means is business. Now he's cut it off. He's, he just doesn't... I, would, I couldn't even pick him out for the first 10 minutes of the game. I was trying to work out yeah, where he was. Yeah, I was confused. He wasn't get, Especially considering he wasn't getting any touches. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. He wasn't getting the ball. So I was That's like, it. where's Cam Guthrie? Is he being uh, laid, he laid, out, he laid out in the warm-up or something? But he was out there. He just he obviously didn't have that dis- distinctive look that he's had in the past. So um, that's, that's a good segue into what we're here for tonight, Jake. So we're going to uh, jump it, straight into the big slate tomorrow night. $100,000 up for grabs in the Blues and the Cats. 
match. It should be a ripping game of footy, but that's not what we're worried about. We're worried about the uh, cash that's there to be won on this slate. So I was thinking let's um, just go have a look at the rucks to start with because obviously last week um, when we had a look at this, I'm not sure we... We went the, we went the value option, didn't we? We did, but I don't think we got it wrong. We were pretty aware of what could happen with Nank. Turns out... That did happen. It did. Picking De Koning didn't hurt you as much as it could have. He was actually looking there for a while like it was going to hurt you because I think Nank was considerably ahead at one point and then De Koning picked up a bit late. Yeah, he got some junk time sort of stuff, a couple marks. So we've got him tomorrow night. Uh, what's he priced at? He's got a break He's even of 78. 78. So... It's basically what he scored last week, so you could definitely go back there again, and it's pretty similar to Stanley oh, at 79. So I was going to say, you're probably going to have to just trust your gut on this one because both of them are going to... Stanley doesn't score very well, and De Koning's easy to score against, but, you know, like it's still a tough matchup. Like, it's, it's, it, could, it, it could go either way. And yeah, I agree. You can probably split them down the middle, to be honest. There's no. I've actually had a pretty good look at this slate, and I'll say straight up that um, it's not an easy game. Um, I probably should have ran through this first, but we'll just go through it now. The game script that I've had a look at, um, there's a bit of rain potentially, but not enough to impact you. Maybe something to watch tomorrow, Arvo. Check the uh, weather over there in Melbourne, but I don't think it's going to be a massive issue. They are playing at the G, right? I'm fairly sure. I certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, they're at Marvel. Pop- no, nah, they're, nah, they're at the G. Yeah. So I would just keep an eye on that tomorrow, Arvo. Check out the uh, yeah, just... weather and what it's looking like. But certainly, I don't think there's going to be much impact. And Geelong are favoured nah. uh, minus 10.5 on the bookies. Once again... Read into that what you will. I thought Carlton looked okay last week. Um, there's. I thought, yeah. I'm not sure if Geelong just shit the bed at the end there or if it was more of a they got tired, maybe the age is showing in a few players. I can't get there a half step behind. So Yeah. It'll, I don't know. I'm, I think it'll I'm be sort a close of, game. So do I. I think Carlton would definitely... I probably would... I would have had him closer to evens, maybe Geelong a little bit, but, you know... Yeah, we're not the bookies, are we? They know what they're doing. But um, That's it. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the actual script from a fantasy perspective, they're pretty even on all positions. Um, obviously, we only have the one round of sample size for this, but as far as I looked, there wasn't really any standout spots to target. Um, Geelong to the backs and the forwards, they're in particular the ones that are priced a bit lower. Um, yeah. Certainly, they... Uh, ones to potentially target. And this actually fits the script of last year as well, particularly in the backs perspective. It looks like Geelong give up a little bit. I don't know if that's because they were so dominant that um, it was just down that end of the field so much. That might not be the case tomorrow night, but certainly Carlton's defenders last week, we saw some of the scores they got, which might have been a little bit of the Richmond factor, but... Richmond game plan, the chippy-chippy, you know, they don't... Yeah, they like to sit back and then pressure once there's sort of... It's in congestion, but um, certainly, yeah, 
if you were going to go anywhere, maybe Geelong backs, uh, Carlton backs over Geelong backs. But I think there's, yeah, there's going to be a real mix of players. It'll be a, um, it. it's a very tough slate um, from what I've looked at. So there's not, there's nowhere to really like, like you said, there's very few things you can sit back and go like, that's an advantage because like you said, it's just a really difficult one to pick here, but we're going to do our best. Yep, we'll, uh, we'll sort it out. But um, So we've covered off the rucks. We'll get into the defenders. So Doherty, yeah. he's come down a little bit in price. I think there's potential for him to move into the midfield a bit more this week with Hewitt out. Yeah. So I think you've got to play some of Doherty for sure. You can't not pick him. Like... You'd be an idiot to fade him completely. Yeah, you've got to have some of him. He's priced at 134, which is high. But as we've mentioned last week, he's the kind of player who can get to that. And and exceed. Yeah. Oh, on some occasions, he was certainly this year, whether it's this week or not, who knows. But certainly play a little bit of him. One I uh, am interested to see the role this week with Tom Stewart out. I reckon Zach Tui could potentially go back and play that sort of rebounding defender role. Yeah. He's been obviously mixing through that forward line, kicked the first two goals, I think, last week. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did, actually. But I was looking at that as well. But then you've got the uh, potential addition of Bose. I mean, I know he played forward in that game, but he played a bit of defense in uh, up in his Gold Coast days. But the one I'm sort of looking at to get more potentially take that intercept role with Zach Guthrie. Yeah, I played a bit of him last week, and, man, 61 isn't setting the world on fire, but I did feel like he started to go a bit better once Stuart went off. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, that's something you could watch out for. He's not priced too expensive. It's 9.86K, you know. Like, that's... That'll give you some cash for other areas, you know. Another one's... um from a Geelong perspective, I know we said sort of Carlton backs might be the one to target, but Mark O'Connor's still down at a pretty uh, juicy price. Yeah. I've picked him in the past in, I reckon I came I had eighth. him in a few teams last week. Yeah, I had him in a couple and I've picked him, I reckon I came eighth a couple of years ago on Easter Monday when they played the Hawks and he scored 98 or over 100, I think, and I came, yeah, it was the difference in the end. He was priced at a similar point. He obviously got that 65. He's priced at 60 this week. So you only need him to do that again. I don't think he was playing like I don't I wouldn't consider it a good game for him. He's it was probably pretty standard. So if you're going by that, he's probably someone you plug into a fair few teams. That's it. There's there's nothing wrong with being average, mate. <laughs> you know all about that, Jake. <laughs> oh mate. Yeah, well, we'll... That's a story. That's more for another time. <laughs> um, in terms of the Carlton backs, they're hard to pick. I mean, I'm worried that that was an outlier last week with all those sort of keys. Yeah. But certainly, uh, Lewis Young, Weedering, and McGovern, when they were given the chance, they were prepared to sort of kick it to each other around that back line. It was just possess, possess it like Carlton do. They love the footy in their hands. They love to keep a hold of possession and then... You know, so it's it, it sort of fit with that Carlton mould, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, and the one I probably... It's hard because he scored the worst out of the three of them, but he's also priced the, the same as Wiedering. But Lewis Young, I feel like, has got the best sort of... I just feel Goal. like he's 
the guy that could really go off at some point. He's got a um, he's got that sort of ability that the other two don't really have in terms of he he can sort of run a little bit. He's obviously reasonably <laughs> reasonable airily. I don't yeah. know if I pronounce that correctly, but that's <laughs> um, oh, right. We'll let it slide, Toddy. Yeah, I don't know. He's just one I always keep coming back to, and maybe I'm a fool for it, but. I had him in weedering last week, and that was looking pretty good for me at one point. So I'll probably plug in oh, a few Carlton sort of those correlation guys that we've spoken about. That's, that's it. proof. Speaking of that, with the potential of, like you said, Doc moving to the midfield, just a couple of other Carlton defenders before we move slightly forward, is the Saad-Newman combination. I know neither of them did well last week, and that could be another reason to look into it. But with Doc out, if Doc does take midfield time, and this is an if, you've got to make your own assessment on this, those guys could really junk it up back there, you know? And it's probably one of those slates where we're going to move on to the midfield in a sec, but just having a look at it now, it's yep. you can probably pay up a little bit That's somewhere it. else. I mean, there's a lot of mid-priced midfield guys you're going to be able to get in this week, but... And we've still got the Hollands there at 6K. So let's just get Love straight it. into the midfielders, I reckon. Let's but get it. Certainly. Um, we spoke about Cam Guthrie yep. before. He's the standout out of this group for me. 12.6K. He wouldn't have been at that price nah. for a while, I'm going to say. He, that's, he was up around the 15, 16K mark all of last year. To get that price for him tomorrow night, it'd be silly not to go there. Ignore the 54. We're calling it an outlier. If he hurts us again, it's going to be hard next week, but I'm, I'm certainly going to be cramming him in a lot of my teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ready to, uh, I'm ready to be burnt again by him. You know, I'm ready. Go back to the well. See what we can come up with. Now, someone else that, we, uh, that I liked there was, and I think you liked him a bit last week, but that was the uh, Max Holmes. He had the role there. Last week, he just it just wasn't yeah. quite linking up for him. Much like Guthrie, those Collingwood midfielders were mighty strong in there. So, but hopefully this week, you know, he'd worth a look at maybe. I keep coming back to that period at the end of last year as well. Yeah, where he just sort, sort of had of... that mini breakout, not like a massive one, but you know, he was banging out decent scores every week. Yeah, and he was obviously unlucky to miss out on the grand final. But before that, yeah, I think it was ninety-five average for the previous five games oh, or something. that much so if he does that yeah like he's got that he has got that ability to sort of go big and he's they're going to persist yeah. with him he's they've been open in saying that he's sort of the next part of that next group coming through that midfield so i'll be going back there a little bit yeah. um certainly danger was disappointing yeah. last week but once again his price you can't leave him out in a lot yeah, of yeah i'm just always wary of danger just I think a lot of that stems from classic, but is he injured? Is he oh, you never know with him because like... even when he like looks like he's broken his leg, he comes back on the field. So he's just—I just know that he's gonna. At some point, he's going to have that game, and you're gonna. Oh, uh, it'll be. It's always the week, so like, like like you said, it's the week you don't pick him, or if you're doing like a full day slate, it's the one team that like you didn't put him in that if you did, you would have won it, sort of thing. You know you. Right, right people, wrong combinations, sort of stuff. But anyway, the other one, the other one, I just uh, noticed there who I was going to talk about in the ruck segment was um, Mark Blixarves. He, there's rumours that he's actually going to go back. I probably oh, should have yes. mentioned this 
he there's a lot of talk that he's going to go back into the back That's line not this great week. For scoring. Yeah, he's got that ceiling does, potential though. If you look but... at some of his, if you look at some of his scores last year, I think he's got. There were multiple one. There were, but I'm there. fairly like sure he's... that they were more like when he was in the middle. So it's a it's a small flag. Like Todd said, he's got massive scoring potential, but there's a small flag there, and I got burnt by him again last week. So do your own research on that one. Trust the data. And the others that um, we sort of have picked out here are. Who's going to take those midfield minutes that Hewitt's giving up? He's obviously out tomorrow night. Um, yep. Tom Stewart and him are the only outs for the two teams. So Ed Kerno, another one who obviously hasn't reached that height that he previously was at for a little while. Obviously injury's been part of that, but he's priced at 12.1K. I rode him off last week. I think this week his role could potentially be a bit better. I think they'll throw him through there a yeah. lot more. I think you could go there a bit this week, hoping that he does sort of explode. And he won't be a popular time. pick, so well, he shouldn't be a popular pick. Um, I agree. I'd go there for a little bit, at least a little, just just a dabble. You know, he could be that one guy who really breaks, like Todd said. What about those top guys, Jake? Oh, Cripper um, and Kennedy and Chera. Who are you favouring out of those? Guys? I love Crips, man. He's a he's a great guy and like last week like I said before he was a little bit down I know he was in the winning team but he just wasn't that commanding presence that he normally is you know like I just didn't feel like at the impact I think he'd be ready to go again this week especially after a draw like but the thing I probably worry about with him is he just doesn't get to that ceiling score often enough he's always sort of I don't think he marks nah. the ball enough, which always hurts you in fantasy. Obviously, when he has those games where he just goes ballistic with tackles yeah. and um, clearances, he does score always, well, but yeah. he's always in that sort of low range of like a good score. I'd say even, yeah, like 95 to 105. He's yeah. always sort of... And then- in that and mix. for a little bit less, you know, you can go Kennedy, who has also shown that ceiling. And, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get any more minutes. He's, if he can even get in the guts anymore, he's in there. He's a permanent fixture in that midfield now after almost uh, not having a contract a couple of years ago. And the other one's obviously Chera. He's going to get more minutes in the midfield this week, I'd anticipate. He's obviously been um, playing in there a little bit, but he's been more in that yeah. wing role, I reckon, with... Hewitt out, they'll probably release him a little bit. Which I love bit, that, because so I reckon he's one of the classiest he's, players. He's just such a silky player. Well, if he can score 89 playing predominant you got wing, something about you. He's, um, you can probably add 10 to 15 points if he does get that role this week, and he's priced at yeah. 108, so he's going to get pretty close to that mark, which is what you need with those top-end guys, so... Certainly one to consider. Blake Akers was pretty disappointing. Obviously dropped that mark late. He's still sort of finding his way. Don't know if I'd go there much this week. A few of the others. Oh, the one oh, we the ones we obviously haven't look, touched on. Yeah. Tanner Bruin. Disappointing. I expected a little bit more, but he still scored. I don't 65. think it was his fault though. Like he just didn't have the time on ground. He was off off the ground for like twenty two minutes at one stage well, or they, something, I think. 
They changed his role at half time. He was so Stuart dominant in the guts. Well, Stuart went off earlier. But yeah, he I don't know what happened there. They obviously did a reshuffle. He got sort of stranded out on that wing. Yeah, he looked yeah. so good when he was in yeah, the guts. So I'm definitely going to be going back for Tanner. You know, like... Well, you don't have many other options, to be nah. honest. Yeah. The um, cheaper guys on this slate are few you and far between. So Tanner Bruins, Tanner one Bruins to look out for sure. But then Ollie Hollands, I'm, I, I know we got burnt a little bit, I suppose, last week. Not massively, but I, I, I can't see how he won't be better off for an extra game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The other ones, obviously, we forgot about in the back line was Lockie oh, yeah. Cowan. I, I am sort of sorry to that guy because he sort of proved me wrong in a way last week. I thought he was playing really well, but certainly a flag that he got cramp in the third quarter and had yeah. to go off. So no. <laughs> uh, you don't want to... He's obviously a massive sub-risk again if he, if that happened to him in the first week. I don't really see any other players on their list that can't run out of no. game. So I guess tread with caution. He's He scored 35. It wasn't too bad. He looked fine. He actually scored pretty well early. So I don't know. You can. He, I still prefer Holland's big time, but you could play That's him a it. little bit as well. What about the Forge, Jake? Got your eye on anyone in uh, that area? You know... I've got a couple. I don't mind the. I don't mind the Twin Towers of Carlton. If I'm honest, like oh, sorry, not Carlton. Twin Towers of Geelong. You know, you saw how um, Rewalt and Lynch went last week. They are. Uh, they both look pretty good. Rewalt was in the winning team. So I, I, Jeremy Cameron, I think is just a very special player. The way he gets up the ground high, and uh, takes those marks, doubles back to goal, just workhorse much like Tom Hawkins you know I, I I can just see a world where they really get hold of that Carlton back line so I, I think there's definitely potential to look at those two Jeremy Cameron at uh, 12.95 I think it is isn't it Todd yeah 104 break even so you can certainly reach that mark certainly a um, candidate for those sort of Geelong stacks you do if you're if you're playing a predominantly Geelong team, make sure you have Cameron in a few of those for sure. I'll counter you a bit though, and we're probably not helping people here much <laughs> by nah, doing that. But giving more options. But Charlie Kerno, I think his price this week is pretty. Uh, yeah, he was always around the you know eleven to twelve k last year, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's capable Even of more. kicking like four goals, and then you're talking 70, 80 scores minimum upwards of that and he's priced at 85 so i think particularly with your carlton stacks if you're playing a predominant carlton team get him in a few of those but i'll be playing him a fair bit i reckon i think he'll turn it around this week Mackay, obviously a little bit more expensive you can play a bit of him as well because you never know which one of them is really going to dominate i just feel like kerno has a bit more of a ceiling he just seems to do a little bit more than Mackay. Mackay just um is your typical sort of goal-kicking full Big. four, whereas I reckon Kerno does a bit more up the ground. So That's it. And I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I think I read somewhere that Chris Scott said that this um, Cooper White rookie might be is going to make his debut this weekend. Well, that's interesting because he's not named, but he's an emergency. I know. I was just looking at that, but no. Nah, so is he going to be I'm 
surely you're not bringing him off the bench for his first game. I've seen plenty like, do it, mate. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, remember Connor Downey, yeah. poor bloke. I think... Yeah, here we go, just on the uh, AFL app. Um, if it decides to load, it says, recruit Jack Bowes will make his Geelong debut. Uh, here we go. Um, young defender Cooper White has been named as emergency, but Chris Scott confirmed. Okay, so it looks confirmed he'll make his debut. So he must be so, sub unless there's going to be a laid out. I'm not sure. Well, They've he got, did... Obviously, Hawkins is still under that bit of a cloud, so you just never know. There might be a late change. That's one to obviously keep an eye on. Yeah. But if he's sub, steer clear. <laughs> Don't go near that, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one, Ollie Henry, 6,900. I was talking oh. about cheaper guys on the slate. This is another guy that... He looked awesome last week, and he was... I, I think I had him in every one of my teams last week. Yeah. He just was... I was nervous early, because he did not look like he wanted the footy in his hands. But he was... Yeah, and that's probably, like, his hardest... He had to play his old side And they were up. getting into him. Yeah, so I don't know whether that would fuel the fire more or be a tougher matchup, but I'd imagine it depends on the person, really. But particularly, I that's feel it. like people bomb a lot when they play their old side, so... Oh, yeah, it's big effort. And, like, honestly, I don't think, as we talked about before with Jeremy Cameron, and he's got the perfect role in that forward line in the sense that he's not never going to get the best defender. He's not never going to get the second best defender. Mm, for sure. He's never going to get the fastest defender because Gary Rowan's in there. So he's got that sweet spot where he can just go float around and do whatever he has the potential to float around and do whatever he likes. Yeah. 100%, and he obviously kicked a few goals as well. He probably should add another one when he got chased down, which was pretty awful. <laughs> oh, that so was awful. If you count that one, he scores 86, which he's only been priced up a little bit, so he's actually, uh, just let me find it here, he's priced at 55 50. this week for the break-even. Yes. So I think he's one you got to go for again. Gary Rowan's always got the potential to go off, but I hate picking him. Jack Martin we yes. spoke about last week. I just they they're guys that you've got to sort of play very minimally. One of. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do need like we looked at with that other team that had Maurice Rioli, you do it's always gonna be a guy like that that gets you over the line, so just yeah. ignoring them. You need those cheaps. You just need the right cheap. Exactly, which... because they're usually low owned and just ignoring them completely is never gonna get it done for you if you're trying to win it all. So certainly yeah, that's probably the ones, the main ones out of the forward line. I don't know if you had anyone else, Jake, that you were thinking about. Nah, mate. I reckon we, uh, I reckon we covered that pretty well there. So yeah, so I'm happy with that. I reckon uh, that probably covers it. So good luck to all the listeners this week. Thanks for your time again tonight, Jake. Um, nah, all good, mate. And um, maybe we should just throw the socials out there. And- yeah, well, I was just going to say as well. Obviously, we've got the. Other boys coming up uh, on Friday, that'll be released. They're releasing the first pod on a multi-game slate, so that's pretty exciting um, for us. I think those slates are certainly ones you can get a bit of a leg up on the competition. So certainly tune in for that if you want a bit of experience and advice on how to attack those slates. But for us, we're done tonight, so you can find me at Todge FHOH on Twitter and of course don't forget to follow our main handle at Hills in Fantasy and I think Jake's at Jake FHOH I've got that right Jake 
Yeah, that's it, mate. And, of course, on that main handle at Heels in Fantasy, you'll get all our tips over the course of the weekend. We've been putting them out pretty frequently, and they'll all be shared there. So if you're looking for a guy to lock into any team, hit us up on there, give us a follow, and check it out. But let's, let's hope we can bring home a bit more cash this weekend. Let's go.